Queers. It's your weekly queer horror roundup, and I'm Joe. And I'm Trace, and we're talking our first happy queer horror short in Karina Ferrex's Dirty Paws hyphen werewolf boyfriend gay short film. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the title works quite as well when you like stretch it all out like that. But. No, I mean, I'm sure it's like an SEO thing because the, the, the clip we watched was on YouTube. Um, I know that most of these are always on Vimeo and this one has a Vimeo, but I imagine that the YouTube link is a bit more detailed to help with SEO purposes. So that way, if you happen to be searching for werewolf or gay <laughs> in the same sentence, this would pop up. <laughs> yeah, and it's amusing that you said that because I do think that someone could accidentally go searching for this and wind up in a darker corner of the internet. And I can confirm that there is fan fiction about this in the form of Wattpad stories. Wattpad stories? So Wattpad is an online self-publishing platform. It's actually partially based out of Toronto. I have a friend who works for them, but uh, it's popular for publishing like the After series, which is that like dirty, like Harry Styles fan fiction shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so there's actually a couple of stories that continues the Dirty Paws story of like, what does the next couple of days look like for these two guys? I love that. And everyone, just in case you, this is your first journey into micro queries, we do have the the link to the video in the show notes it is a five minute video it is super cute which is not something i have said about the last two shorts we've just we've discussed <laughs> no but i mean one of the reasons i wanted to schedule this one up front and early is because i think that the possibilities so we, we've had conversations about the possibilities of what you can do with shorts compared to features. And I love the fact that we're going to actually get to experiment with animation more in these shorts oh, because yeah. you can do them for shorter amounts of time without it becoming a ridiculous nightmare in terms of animation, but also financial matters and so on. So I thought this would be a fun entry into queer horror animated territory. Oh, it was super fun. As soon as I opened it and saw it was animated, I was like, oh, good. It's going to be a good one. Um, <laughs> I mean, sorry, not that the others weren't. Not, not, sorry. A, a lighter one. A lighter one is what I'll say. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily. I'm not going to lie. When I was doing the research, there's a couple of ones. Like, there's an anime one that's a hardcore anime that's about, like, gay vampires and it's like bloody as fuck it's like yeah. castlevania levels so it, it really ranges but i thought that this was another example of how you can take a horror concept and turn it into something unexpected and in this case i think delightful I would use the word delightful as well. And actually what it got me thinking about, so I mean, like I, I was reading this of two ways. I was like, okay, cool. So it's like quote unquote normal, meaning not just like, it's just any relationship, not queer specific, but just about like, you know, like your partner has an issue, whether it be, I don't, I don't know, fill in the blank here mm -hmm. um, and how you work together to overcome it and how love prevails, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> but, but then it also got me thinking about like, okay, we always talk about how we want more, more queer horror and so much of it, I feel like is either supernatural or like gay slashers, which we're going to encounter a lot, including one next week, <laughs> which, okay. But we, like, 
werewolf films in general are kind of on a downward turn. Like we don't we don't see as many of them lately, and if we do, they're certainly not going to theaters. Um, right. I actually think that using like, like doing a gay werewolf movie would be really really cool. And just by watching the con- like this short film, I was like, oh, there, there's a lot of possibilities, especially again in the world of like pop culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in case our straight listeners don't really know what we're talking about, there is. A certain amount of role play that can happen in, I don't want to say fringe sectors of the queer community, but there's definitely guys who like to dress up. It usually involves a variation of like leather play, but there's like full on masks with ears and dog collars and harnesses and all that fun stuff. And for some people, like that's very much the kinds of thing that they're into. And there is a certain S&M play to it as well. But this short is playing on that idea. So every time you hear uh, Brian Perry's Aldo refer to his boyfriend, Skelly, who is voiced Mm -hmm. by Tyler Nolan, he, you know, he keeps saying, come on, puppy. And Skelly's like, don't call me that. (laughs) Like, it's not only relatable content, but I think it's a play on this subculture of queer community. It is. And, you know, it's not, puppy play isn't necessarily even a sexual thing. Like, it's more about the exchange of power between one person and another. Um, I, I actually, my husband and I hung out with someone who was, like, really heavily into um, puppy play and is in kind of, like, uh, he's in the royalty of Austin's puppy like community <laughs> oh my okay touched by royalty i like it well i mean like i've never partaken in it but i had so many questions because i was like i just like i just want to well, yeah you're know. like tell me everything i want to know <laughs> no but i mean it, it's basically like, it's a little kink and you know like, yeah, like you said it involves hoods wagging tails um sometimes actual dog things like fetching bones barking things like that right no actual dogs just to clarify oh yes i apologize no actual dogs it's again so your beta is typically going to be the one that's like in the puppy mask i mean again i'm not going to go into too much detail because since i don't have firsthand experience i don't want to like get something wrong sure. but um typically yeah the beta has the mask and they're the quote-unquote dog the submissive and then their alpha is their quote-unquote master but again it doesn't necessarily have to do with sex it doesn't necessarily have to do with pain it's just about a power exchange which again i think is what a lot of snm bdsm stuff uh yeah. goes through because people assume it's always pain and that's not always the case yeah, it's not all Hellraiser. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, so watching this, it's so delightful and sweet. There were moments when I was like, okay, this is too sugary sweet for me in this oh, short. Really? <laughs> Four but minutes, so... too sugary, too sweet. But it was, it was, yeah, it was very, very cute. Um, I'm happy that, you know, there wasn't, like, it, it was all done with very uh, in a very tongue-in-cheek way. Like, it, it, there were serious parts, again, like, uh, with the fucking bear trap, with the dead cat. Oh, yeah, spoiler alert, y'all, the cat dies in the short. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I definitely, so I saw this a long time ago, well, I guess five years ago when it first came out, because it made a lot of waves. It caught, this This is the most popular short that we've watched so far, so it's mm-hmm. had, like, thousands of likes on YouTube and Vimeo. It's it probably because it's happy, right? Like, it's like the cinema score where you walk out, if it's a, if it's a sad ending, everyone hates it, but if it's a happy ending, they love it. <laughs> I think the happy, but also because people really like this particular style of animation. Like, Mm -hmm. it's very friendly, if I can say that. Which I think is funny because it is informed by anime. So if you go to Karina Farrick's website, um, she's done a couple of other projects. She is very interested in gay male relationships. So she's got two books that you can buy. They're out of print right now, but they both seem to have LGBTQ lead romances like gay romances as their protagonists Mm -hmm. and she she often touches on 
supernatural or horror related things so it's like there's vampires there's i think one of her books is called hot detective pi or something (laughs) or like hot guy pi or something it's very cute everything that she does is very cute and Um, people seem to really respond to that element of it well and that makes sense because i mean like the 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 aesthetic of the animation did look very much like manga to me. Or, I mean, if we're going into gay specific, I think it's called Yaoi, which is like specifically gay manga. Okay. And it, it's interesting because in my experience, I mean, because I actually, I didn't read a lot of this, um, but I, I was, the table I sat with at lunch was your stereotypical, like, quote unquote, goth kids, even though I did not look like a stereotypical goth kid but um a lot of them read yaoi when at the cap i think at the lunch table whenever i was in high school and so i kind of got like again it's it's all secondhand experience for me i mean we're the whole point of this project is to expand our boundaries ever so gently i i mean for me in this animation style the thing that draws my attention is when people blush that's like a very oh, classic yeah. anime look. Like you get the little marks on the top part of their cheek and their eyes go a little bit big. Here's the interesting thing about Yaoi, though. So Yaoi manga is a, is a Japanese genre of animation written by women for women that depicts homosexual relationships between men. Right. I think I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I and so you said she's done other shorts, though, as well. Yeah, she's done a couple. They're more animal-based, though. So she has books that are gay characters, and then she's got animated shorts that are animals. Hmm. I mean, this is another piece where she... This is actually her thesis project, so she did this to get her BFI from the New York School of Visual Arts. So I like this idea that people are... I guess, experimenting with queer culture to get degrees. Like, they're getting certified from institutions by saying, like, yes, please stamp this queer content and, like, send me out into the world. I do find it interesting because, I mean, as adorable as I found this short, it also kind of goes into that field of, like, okay, so we have a woman who is, you know, telling a gay male story who isn't it kind of goes into that thing of like you know people writing about stuff that doesn't like they don't have the first-hand experience in but on a different level to me this is just about love because while these characters are gay their gayness is not the forefront of the story it's just that they're both men but it's more about the werewolf which i think i think really kind of overcomes that hurdle that some people might have about a non-gay man telling gay male stories I mean, I'm of two thoughts, because I think if you look at the history of queer, particularly feature films, the dominant one that we see is straight men doing lesbian stories. So part of me is kind of fine (laughs) with a maybe straight woman writing a, a queer short. Yeah. But particularly in this case, I think you're right. This is actually the the example of how to do queer content without, you know, quote unquote, shoving it down anyone's throat, because the relationship here could literally be a man and a woman or two women. It could be different races, like it would all work in the scheme of the story that's being told, but it normalizes it in such a friendly, accessible way that I think that's what draws me to it. Right. I I agree with you there. And it's so funny because, you know, some of the comments that we get are always like, well, if y'all want it to be normalized, then you shouldn't just keep bringing up and like forcing down our throats and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, like what there's a benefit to stories like this, which do normalize it. And again, I'm so loath to use the word normalize, but like I mean it with the best intentions because it implies that, you know, being queer isn't normal, but it's just more like it's not the norm oh man that's a 
I just did <laughs> full 360 there and wound up right back where I was. Can you dig yourself out of this? I'm curious to know. <laughs> um, but it's also important to do the stories like what we did last week with the with the Russian or with the Chech- Chechen gay hey bashing you. and the one before yeah. with the older and younger woman. I think there's a time and a place, right, for different types of storytelling. Like when people say that they want to normalize queer stories, it means that they want to make it that it happens so frequently that people don't freak the fuck out when they actually see it. And the problem is, is that so often when we see a queer story, it's so rare that we have to latch onto it and pour everything we have into an analysis of it. Mm -hmm. So to just get more stories like this, where it's just, here's a couple of boyfriends, they're working through some issues. The issue just happens to be werewolfism. You know, (laughs) that is the kind of inoffensive storytelling that is going to go down easier for people who are going to say, get that queer shit out of my face. Yes. And that is not what I was saying when I finished this movie. I was very much like, oh, I want a sequel. <laughs> Honestly. Okay. So I feel like we've talked, we've settled on a format. We're going to end each of these episodes with a, would you want to see a longer version of this or a feature version of this? Mm-hmm. What would your preferred method be for this is this fine would you like to see it continued would you like to see a feature i would 100 percent see it continued i would actually like to see it done by Leica, the studio that did a previous episode paranorman um because as we already know they're okay including queer content in their right. children's films but i also think that you could make it kind of this kind of darkly comedic little horror tale of a man who falls in love with and there's another thing too where it's like is he already a werewolf when they fall in love or does he get bitten after they've been together for a while mm-hmm. but um i think there's an interesting like kind of like frankensteiny concept to this where it's like yeah like the whole town i mean i guess kind of like paranorman too where the whole town kind of like mobs against them and i don't know they have to figure it out and love prevails and blah 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 Yeah, I agree. I would definitely like to see more of this. I think there's a lot more story to be told, whether it's a prequel or a sequel or something that just kind of encompasses like, what is the relationship? Because really, we're only just getting a taste of their host, the relationship with the neighbor, and that's it. I think I would like to see this as a web series. So maybe like, a new form and it's short comes out once a month and just kind of continues the story in a natural organic way. Yeah. And then maybe at some point it's like, okay, you know what? I've told 10 versions of the story and I'm good. Yeah, I get that. Well, okay. Well, this is now also the point where we turn it around to our audience. Everyone, what did y'all think of Dirty Paws? And how would you like to see this continue? Let us know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess that about does it for us. That does about do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, again, on that note, we can cross out Dirty Paws. Yes, and cross out Micro Queers. Disgusting Podcast Network, home of creepy, disturbing, and terrifying creepy pastas, SCP archives, weekly full cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and the Boo Crew. Horror-centric interviews. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.